See, here's the thing. You're busted, okay? You're busted. You pressed play. You pressed play the morning after the hundredth loss. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins that you really probably ought to check out because neither of those teams would lose 100 games and then have this exchange occur less than 10 minutes afterward. So, so T, we've talked about how, you know, development isn't always reflected in wins or losses, but, you know, the number today, like, how much does that stay? Does it maybe have an impact over no, what's going no on? The reporter asking that question is Alex Stumpf. He's our beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports. And the answer, the entire answer, because that was it, came, of course, from Derek Shelton. No, it has no impact. Really? Really? Losing 100 games has no impact. Even if you take it in the strictest, most specific, conceivable context, the answer is awful. Because it has an impact. It matters. It matters to the prospects. It matters to the younger players who are already in the fold. It matters to their development. But they have encased themselves in lead and somehow successfully managed to keep out any and all notions that winning at this point comes with either any benefit or the absence of winning comes with any detriment. I've been telling you this now for how long? And you have it right there on tape. They don't care about winning at the Pittsburgh level in 2022. They won't care about it in 2023. But you pressed play. You did that. And therefore, you cared a lot more about what happened at PNC Park last night, meaning the 8-7, 10-inning loss, the 100th loss, the second year in a row of 100 losses, third year in a row of 100-loss pace, the worst such stretch since the early 1950s, the old Ricky Dinks, all the blowout losses, all of the backward steps taken in all of the various facets, you cared about that infinitely more than they did. All they achieved in 2022 was to further shelter themselves from the notion that winning and losing matters in Pittsburgh. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. They wish, I guarantee you they wish, Ben Charrington, Bob Nutting, everybody, that they were based in St. Petersburg, Florida. Because then they could adopt this approach and they wouldn't be anywhere near as good as Tampa Bay's management is at it. Obviously, nobody is. But they could at least do it un, unencumbered, you know, without having to hear it every time they go to Giant Eagle or wherever, without having to be seen on the outside as losers. But that's what this is. This is this is this is a losing mentality. This is not a switch that one casually flips. When the kids from Altoona arrive, it just isn't. If you're okay with losing, even just one game, that's who you are. That's who you are. That's my biggest concern by a million miles regarding the state of this franchise. It's not about this prospect here has has fallen off a little bit or the 500 waiver claims or any of that stuff. It's not. It's not. It's that they're not inherently motivated by winning. Where do you even go from there? How do you see it as a stage, a necessary stage? That losing is okay. How do you see Roberto Perez? This never gets talked about by anybody, but I'm going to do it today. How do you see Roberto Perez, your $5 million veteran gold glove catcher, go down a month into the season and say, eh, let's just see who's out there. And then you have this parade of these Tyler Heinemans and Jason Delays, and I don't even know the names of half the guys they've used at catcher. Why? Because 2022 was a punt. They didn't care. They didn't care what happened, even though it was playing out in public in front of however many paying customers, in front of illustrious alumni. They weren't swayed by this i can't get past that i can't move from a to b in discussing this team without trying to figure out what the hell this is and how it's okay and how they've managed to create this culture at 115 federal that even way beyond what the preceding front office had done that just is okay with losing for any length of time. Look, go ahead and buy into the rebuild, buy into the prospects that are here. I know I believe in a handful of them. I do. I'm not saying that in any derisive way. But I believe in them to the extent that I can work my way around the diamond and say, get a first baseman, get a catcher, get yourself three or four relievers, and get yourself a starting pitcher, and go! Wake up! Remember what city you're in. Remember the 136-year history of this franchise that you're supposed to be representing. 
Nope, that's not what they're going to do. Say it again. I'm not guessing at this. I'm not speculating. I know what they're going to do in 2023 because I've been told you won't see a significant increase in payroll. You won't see any meaningful impact players brought in to fill any of the holes that I just mentioned. You're going to see more of the bargain basement waiver crap. That's what's going to come through. You might hit on one or two. You might get lucky with a reclamation like Jose Quintana. But that's going to be the approach. Why? Because they've predetermined, just like they did before 2022, that 2023 doesn't mean a thing. They've decided that in advance. That's what losers do. When we come back, J1Q. Stewart, who asks, the overall approach to building the organization is certainly better than it's been in the past, but for it to ultimately result in a championship, don't you need to excel at development? I haven't seen any progress in obtaining better coaches, and in fact, hiring Andy Haynes was a distinct step backward. Yeah, that's another one. I made a passing reference to this in the opening segment, Stu, but you can model what you want to do after the raise. Problem with that is you got to have the raise people, and they don't. This was the worst offense we've seen ever, ever in Pittsburgh. The worst offense we've ever seen in this city going back to post-Civil War. And even if you choose not to count Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh doesn't matter, show me where else offensive improvement was manifested through the system. Andy Rodriguez, period, underline, the end. That's it. That's it. Andy Rodriguez. Yeah, there were some players, younger guys, who hit... Well, in the minors, yeah, there was Jack Sawinski coming up directly from double A. Those are success stories, okay? But when you're talking about what, to use your term here, I'm going to find it here. You said, don't you need to excel at development? One or two guys isn't excelling. Not when your entire acquisition model, never mind the development, but your entire acquisition model was based on flooding the system with prospects, with, you know, finishing last or close to dead last in the majors and having high draft picks and your current Baseball America top 50 has one Pittsburgh Pirate in it, and that's Tamar Johnson at number 44, and he was just drafted in June. Nobody's had a chance to develop him in one direction or the other yet. So, no, there's no success story here overall from the development standpoint. Boy, by the way, this bugs them when I say or write stuff like this. 
more than anything. And trust me, that's not why I'm saying it. I don't really exist to irritate people, you know, but this offends them infinitely more than anything that you can say about anything that happens in Pittsburgh, meaning in the major league level. And I wish people had a better sense for that. I wish the fans of this franchise had a better sense for how much they try and put into the minor leagues and how really, really legit angry they get whenever you dare to mention anything at all about their development or about, you know, so-and-so being sent back uh, the way Sawinski was and Cal Mitchell up and down like a yo-yo all year long because the major league hitting coach couldn't make anybody function properly or worse would derail them and they'd have to go back to Indianapolis. Ooh, can't talk about that. But I can say all day about the various malfeasances at the major league level, including payroll. That's another one. Everyone wants to, everyone thinks that you can really hit the pirates where it hurts by talking about payroll. They couldn't care less. That to them is just a fact of life. It, it doesn't even cross their mind. Nothing is, nothing phases them when it comes to payroll. That's not a soft spot. This stuff is. When I bring this up with readers, why are you avoiding talking about nutting being cheap? Because it's saying that the sky is blue. Everyone knows he's cheap. Everyone knows payroll is low. If you talk about that stuff, they actually love it because you're not hitting them where it really should hurt. Maybe someday it won't. Maybe someday they'll get better at development. Maybe we'll see more than one Andy Rodriguez prospect rise up meaningfully through the system. Maybe we'll see that. When that day comes, believe you me, I'll be all over it. I'll work just as hard to uncover information and praise and everything else. That's not now. That's not now. I appreciate the question. I'm sorry if I rambled there, Stu. This is... What a subject. What a thing. What a thing that anybody pressed play to listen to this. But you know what? We're all nuts, and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. 